You are listening to Wilhelm, a film-centric podcast for film lovers of all kinds. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and we have reached the end of my first ever Spooktober month. But trust me, we're going out on a high note with this episode with my guest and I revealing our choices for our top five favorite horror films. It's a very broad and daunting topic uh, that I'm sure is going to be an annual episode, but I'm confident my guest is up for the challenge this time around, or at least I, I hope she is. Pretty sure she is. It's the reason why I chose her as my guest this time around. Uh, she's a returning guest to Wilhelm, so please welcome back my friend, Jamie Dimmick. Hi! This is impossibly hard. <laughs> well, I mean, I chose you because you are you're one of the biggest horror buffs that I know, in, you know, including myself. Um, So I'm probably confident that between your top five and your honorable mentions, you are going to have some movies I have either not seen in your years or possibly never seen before. And I'm fine with it because it means it gives me more movies to watch. And that's how long is that list now? How long is that list now? Oh man. In this is episode 19. So in 19 episodes, it's already impossibly long and it's just going to keep getting longer. And I'm okay with that. I'm Uh, I'm okay with it, but it, it is a very daunting topic. Because horror is very broad. It mean it could be science fiction, it could be straight up gore, it could be comedy. Like it, there's so many aspects of horror that this. And you you made a good point about it before we started recording. You you mentioned that your list today would be different tomorrow, you know, and that's why I think this is going to be an annual episode every year is because my list today will probably be different than my list this time next year. Yeah, I made I made a decision to go with mostly movies that mean something to me versus the best horror movie period. But I did the same thing and that's usually what I do every episode is I go more I mean there's a reason why movies are our favorites and it's because there's always a little bit of meaning behind them as to why we keep watching them and we keep revisiting them. So, yeah, the the movies that we choose, none of my top five may even make like the top 10 of greatest horror movies of all time, but they're just my favorites. And that's why we that's why we choose them. So um, you're certainly making the rounds on podcasts lately, too, because you just you were just on. We uh, watched it in the 80s with with our friend Damien, who was on Wilhelm last week. And I think there's a couple others you've done recently too, isn't there? Uh, not recently. Um, so maybe did one, Wilhelm? Just Wilhelm and then with Damien. And then um, I had done field, field to screen, but then I guess there was some technical error and it never actually aired. Yeah, I think the technical error was uh, he never posted it. <laughs> so... 
I lo- I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Alex and I've been on field to screen too, but yeah, he's, he's kind of fallen behind and it's, it's fair. I mean, he's got a hey, lot. Life going happens. On. Yep. Yeah. Life happens. I t- completely understand that. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot going on. So he kind of fell behind a little bit, but that's, that's okay. He'll get back to it eventually. Yeah. If not yeah. start something new. Yeah, Damien and I are working our way through the Friday the 13th. Series. Well, we're only going to go to episode, uh, episode four or movie four for Friday the 13th on watched it in the 80s. And then we just okay. did Evil Dead. Yep. You, yeah, you just did the Evil Dead episode that just launched uh, this past Friday. Uh, yeah. Same same day as the episode of Wilhelm that Damien was on, which was kind of coincidental. So Damien was a lot of fun. We talked uh, the Ghostbusters franchise last week. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to that one yet. And I'm excited. It's a, well, it's a quick turnaround too. like we at the time we're recording this. The episode had just posted yesterday. So we're recording this one a couple almost a week ahead of time. Which is uh, which is fine because Halloween's a busy season. So we get it out of the way. Exactly. Uh, on that note, what do you say we start discussing our top five horror films? I'm very I'm I'm incredibly curious. All right. About your top five. So I know um, I feel like I have a lot to live up to with this. No, it's it's <laughs> it's no pre- it's no pressure at all. But people are going to rely on this. I'm just kidding. Um, you ready? To, you ready to jump in? I'm ready to jump in. You want my number five? Well, hold on. Before I do that, uh, just the quick note of format, uh, just to let everybody know that uh, neither Jamie or myself have revealed or discussed our choices to one another beforehand as not to influence each other. Uh, so Jamie doesn't know my, any of my top five and I don't know any of hers. Also, just a fair warning, as always, there's always a chance of spoilers because we're going to talk about these movies a little bit. So that being said, yeah, let's uh, let's finally dive in. What have you got for your number five? All right. My number five is my must-watch Halloween time movie. I have to watch this movie on Halloween every year. This is why it's my number five. And it's Trick or Treat. Oh, it's such a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I just saw it for the first time maybe two or three years ago. I love that movie. I have a little Sam sitting on my front porch just waiting. Just waiting. I follow, yeah, I follow all of his rules on Halloween just to be safe. <laughs> it's such a clever movie, too, because it's not a traditional horror movie. Like It's, it's pretty much like an anthology in movie form. And I think, is it three or four stories? It's three stories. And then they all kind of roll together a little bit. Yeah. Toward, yeah. Towards the end of the towards the end of the movie, they kind of fill in. But yeah, that was a movie that I was in, I always knew about, but never had on my radar to watch until some friends of mine, maybe about two or three years ago, finally, like said, like, OK, you're here. We're going to watch Trick or Treat or Trick or Treat. And Man, I was so disappointed that I waited that long to watch it. it. It's such a great movie. It's got it's been getting some love recently. Like if you go into the Halloween store, there's a lot of Sam stuff, which there. I mean, the movie, I don't remember when the movie came out. 90s, I think. Has it was it that long? I want to say because I, I feel like nobody knew about it for a long while. And then all of a sudden the past two years, Spirit Halloween has been full of like Sam stuff. Oh, no, it was 2007. Oh, really? Was that late? Yeah, yeah, it was that late. OK, but. But still, like I said, like the past two years, the same because like um, I made a Sam costume, I don't know, like five years ago because you couldn't buy one. So I made one. 
Yeah, and it's um, I know the director is the same guy that did Krampus as well, which is another fun movie. Didn't make my list, but it's, you know. Yeah, it didn't make it's a fun movie, but yeah, it didn't make my list either. Yeah. And the cast is I mean, the cast is great. Um, you know, you've got Anna Paquin and Brian Cox, um, uh, Dylan Baker, who's another great character actor. So it's just yeah, it's a fun movie. I need to re- I need to revisit that this year. Yeah, no, that's my required Halloween watch. I have to watch it every year. And it's and appropriate. Yeah. yeah. It I always wanted Halloween. a sequel. I always wanted a sequel. I always thought there were talks of a sequel. There's and... always been talks. There was a comic book. Okay. But that's as close as we got. I mean, IMDb has a sequel listed, but there's no, you know, it, it just says, actually, it says in 2009, he was said he was in early development for a sequel, but nothing's been nothing's come of it since. Two thousand, few years later, in two thousand thirteen, uh, Michael Doherty, the director and Legendary Pictures, officially announced that a Trick or Treat two was happening, um, but development's kind of stalled over the years. That's a shame. I want a hey. sequel. With the way they do, they've been rebooting and redoing all the horror movies. It'll happen eventually. Yeah, we'll get it eventually. Uh, so that leads me to my number five and I went a little more comedic on my number five. I saved the serious stuff for kind of higher up on the list or lower on the list, depending on the way you're looking at it. Uh, my number five is a little movie that I still love to this day. And I watch every year called Tucker and Dale versus evil. I don't know if you've seen this one before. I have not seen it. I have heard about it. It's been on my list for a very long time. It just hasn't, I haven't hit play yet. It's, it is, it's comedic, but it pays homage to horror in, in the most unique way. Like it literally, and again, this is going into spoiler territory, but, and I won't, I won't spoil too much because I do want you to see it. But it takes what we know of the horror genre and flips it completely on its head. So, you know, ordinarily there is the the group of teenagers that are out camping in the woods and they get stalked by the guy in the woods, you know, by like the the like the the horror hillbilly or whatever. This movie flips it in that the hillbillies are the ones that are staying in like this rundown cabin that is their vacation quote unquote vacation home that they need to redo. And these teenagers come go camping in the woods and find these hillbillies and think that they are what they know from horror films. But these two guys are just doofus idiots just trying to redo a cabin and all this hell breaks loose when the campers think, you know, when these teenagers think that they're evil, but they're really not. They're just trying to help them. And all this shit just starts happening. And the teenagers start dying, but they're kind of dying by uh, on their own because they're making stupid mistakes. It's so ridiculous. But I I love the movie so much. Um, It's become like a fan favorite of people's too. Uh, Tyler Labine, who's one of the guys in the in the movie who you would know from like Reaper and a couple other. Projects. Yeah, he's currently in New Amsterdam now. Uh, I actually had Tyler on my other podcast and we got to talk about Tucker and Dale. And, and this is another movie that people have been kind of clamoring for a sequel. 
uh, because they want to see these two characters, Tucker and Dale, Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk return. And he has told me, he said, there's no official sequel in the works, but uh, we have not seen the end of these characters. Nice. Which made me so happy. Yeah. So he, he said he couldn't reveal what, what was happening, he said, but there is plans in the works for these characters. So nice. I'm, I'm excited. You need to add this. You need to add Tucker and Dale versus evil to your list. It's, it's officially moving up on the list. Good. Move it to <laughs> move it right below trick or trick or treat. Yes. To watch on Halloween, if not sooner. So, uh, moving on with the list. Number four. What have you got? Number four is the very first horror movie I remember watching. Okay. I was in second grade. And I begged my mother to let me watch this movie. And she said, no, you're going to have nightmares. And I said, I'll make you a deal. If I have nightmare, I'll watch the movie. And if I have a nightmare, I will never watch another horror movie again. And she said, fine. And she watched it with me. She had nightmares. I did not. From that point (laughs) on, I could watch all the horror movies I wanted as long as I warned her and she didn't come in the room. And that would be the original Halloween. Oh, great choice. (laughs) I... I stayed away from putting any franchise movies on my list um, because at I, some point I'm going to cover them. Yeah. But, you know. No, I almost did. When I started with the list, I left all the franchises out. But then when I went, you know what? I'm going with the stuff that means something to me. And mm-hmm. Halloween was my first that. I mean, I, I watched some other things before that that made me, you know, or scary TV shows or whatever before that that made me want to watch Halloween. But I, I mean, I still vividly remember having that talk with my mom about, come on, please let me watch please, Halloween. Please. And just absolutely, that was it. I was like, I love horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how there's always that one movie that really pulls you in to the genre. Um, and for the life of me, I've seen so many horror movies over the years. I can't remember what movie did it for me. I really can't. I, and it kind of sucks. I wish I did have a memory like that of what was the first horror movie I watched. I think I was reading the scary stories books at that point. I did read and them as a child. Ch- want- yeah, I did read them as a kid too. Cause I always, I always liked the scary stuff. I was like, you know, tell, you know, out camping or whatever. And, you know, I have my dad read me, tell me a scary story or whatever. So I would, but Halloween and just the, the anticipation and then the music and everything, just watching a horror movie in movie form. And that movie does it so well. And that movie is also why I will never have a closet with those slat, those slats on the doors. (laughs) I've, I've seen them around and they do always remind me of Halloween. Yep. Uh, because of what Laurie Strode had to go through. Yep. And because that. of that, all my doors are solid. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, it's it's a great choice for a top five. I mean, if I were to choose any franchise film. um, Yeah, that might be it as my favorite, as the original Halloween. I mean, don't get me wrong, like the Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Streets and Hellraisers, Leprechaun, like they're all great. Um. You know, child's play, they they all hold a special place because as cheesy as some of them are, I love them all. Like, exactly. I, I will watch them all. Like, 
doesn't matter how bad the child's play got or how humorous Freddy Krueger became like I, it doesn't matter. I will watch it. But Halloween, yeah, is probably of all of them, probably the most frightening. It almost always stayed scary, even when it got a little campy. There was always more creepy than campy in the Halloweens. Well, not only that, but when you look at the, you know, when you look at the cast of characters in some of those movies, you know, from Jason Voorhees to Fred, you know, Freddy Krueger and Child's Play, you know, Chucky is a doll. Freddy is a demon. Um, Jason is like an an unkillable, unkillable, like undead creature. Michael Myers is a human being. Yep. That adds a whole new level of frightening to it. And I think that I think that is why, like it, it is one of the most frightening of the franchises. And you get his backstory right up front. Like Mm -hmm. it starts with him killing his sister. I mean, the the movies a little bit later became a little more ridiculous. It's like, okay, like, well, like there's no killing Michael. Like he's he's basically like another Jason Voorhees. But yeah, like the earlier movies like Halloween one, Halloween two, and even the new ones with that they just redid with, you know, Halloween from 2018 and now uh, Halloween Kills, um, which is the movie that literally just came out last week. Michael is a human being like he's just a psychotic human being and they i know you haven't seen it yet but they do hit that point beautifully in kills by the time people are listening to this i will have seen it (laughs) um so and i because i i do have a major prediction for that movie but i'm i'm not going to reveal it on here because i if it happens to be true i don't want it to become a spoiler for the movie yeah um, because any spoilers we reveal are only for the movies in our top five. I don't want to spoil right. movies that just came out. Um, I will discuss it with you when we're done. That, and yeah, even then, it. I don't want you to tell me whether or not I'm right until I watch. <laughs> I won't tell you. So uh no, that's a great pick for uh for for number four. That's a good pick to have on your list. Uh my number four is actually a movie you just discussed last week uh with our friend Damien. Uh, it's the closest to a franchise movie in my list. I went with the original The Evil Dead from 1981. They took that one seriously. They did. Uh, you know, Evil Dead 2 went a little bit more comedic. Army of Darkness was just pure comedy. I love that movie. I love it, too. Like, I I saw Army of Darkness before I saw Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And then when I found out that Army of Darkness was a third part i was like well i have to re- i have to go back and watch them and then i remember going back and jumping all the way back to evil dead and being like this is not the same as the army of darkness but i absolutely love it and i i have over the years i have had the, the absolute pleasure of meeting bruce campbell oh, jealous I'm, I'm i'm gonna work i'm gonna be working with bruce in march which i'm really excited for um, if you could just let him know i exist and think that he's fantastic <laughs> i would appreciate that uh it's funny because i not to like name drop even more but like you know i'm good friends with dana di lorenzo who is in yeah. uh um Ash versus Evil Dead, the television series from that with Bruce. And she always teases me. She's like, I'll get you in touch with Bruce. Like, well, that when we hang out, I'll call Bruce and we'll talk to him. And I can't wait till March because I'm going to have Bruce record a video with me of being like, hey, look, you took too long. I did it myself. <laughs> nice. It took way too long. But I mean, yeah, back to Evil Dead. Like it was. 
I love the fact that this is a movie that was made by an inspiring filmmaker at the time and Sam Raimi, who has become so much bigger now, um, you know, with a bunch of people who have never acted before in, you know, Bruce Campbell. Um, oh, God. And uh, uh, Ellen, Ellen Sandweiss. Yeah, I think was Cheryl. Yeah. So uh, and Betsy Baker. I mean, these were all people who had never acted before. These were just childhood friends in Sam Raimi and Tan Raimi and Bruce Campbell. This was a movie that they pretty much bootstrapped and saved up for themselves. And it has become a piece of horror pop culture, like cult, like yeah. cult fashion. It's just, it's, it's a one, it's an amazing, amazingly homemade movie that has stood the test of time. And I love it. I've always wanted to, and I've just never figured out how to do it, but make the Halloween costume of the deadite in the basement. Oh, so just literally the head with the door. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I just, I used to go to this Halloween party that was insane. Like people, it was mostly a bunch of engineers and like the costumes that came out of this party were absolutely incredible. Um, And that was one I kept trying to figure out how to do and never did. The best I ever got was, um, an exorcist costume where I made the bed and just stuck my head through so I could spin it around. Mm. And, but that, that was the costume I always wanted to do and just never figured out quite how to do it. Oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you. Cause that's an amazing costume, right? That would be, a, that would be a fantastic. Co- yeah. I've seen some cool costumes like that before too. I think one of the best ones I ever saw not to get too far off topic was um, somebody dressed up as Dexter so they had like the scrubs on and, you know, and the apron on the bloody apron. And then his girlfriend came as a victim. So she was wrapped completely in plastic wrap with blood under the plastic wrap with a knife sticking out of her chest. Oh, cool. And I was like, that's freaking clever. Like you came as Dexter, one of Dexter's victims. <laughs> yeah, one of the best ones from this party was Bender, a full Bender costume, ho- totally homemade with a working fridge in the belly. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but i mean yeah like so i mean evil dead has stood the test of time um ash williams has just become iconic i mean he's in he's a playable character in dead by daylight currently right now he is like they had ash versus evil dead which ran for three seasons just a couple years ago there's a new evil dead video game dropping in december which i cannot wait to play you know there's a broad this- off-broadway show I still have not seen the Broadway oh, show. Oh, it's so good. Or the off-Broadway show. I've heard the soundtrack because I every once in a while, if I hear a strange noise, I'm always, what the fuck was that? It's like, I'm always <laughs> singing it, but I've never, I've never seen it. Oh, it's so, so good. Hopefully one day I'll be able, I'll be able to change that. But I mean, yeah, this is, it's, two, it's 2021. Evil Dead was 1981. So we're talking 40 years this movie has been around. And existed, it still holds up. And still holds up. Absolutely. It's still creepy. Yeah. Again, the sequel, a little more comedic. More uh, Evil Dead 2 is my least favorite of the three. Uh, yeah, I can kind of see that because Evil Dead, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but Evil Dead 2 to me almost seems like a little bit of a comedic reboot. Yeah. In a sense. That's exactly um, what it is. You know, and then Army of Darkness is a continuation of Evil Dead 2, but still, it's... I like Evil Dead 2 because it gets you to Army of Darkness. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
absolutely. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, Evil. I mean, Army of Darkness is technically a sequel to Evil Dead 2. It's not even a sequel to Evil Dead. No. Evil Dead kind of stands alone. Yeah. But it's well done, so I, I'm not complaining about it at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, number three on your list. Number three is the first movie that actually terrified me. Okay. I was watch. I remember again vividly. Remember watching this maybe fourth or fifth grade. Rented the tape up in my mom's bedroom because none of the adults wanted to see it the with tape. my cousin. <laughs> yes, it was VHS tape. VHS tape. <laughs> and having to pause it because we were so scared. And once I tell you what we had to do to make ourselves get through the movie, you'll know what movie it is. Okay. Oh, we, I think I might already know what it is. <laughs> is it Candyman? No. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm now I'm still curious. So we paused the movie because we were freaked out and we needed something to protect ourselves. So we ran around the house, took all the crucifixes off the wall, decided we didn't have <laughs> enough and made right. more out of pencils and rubber bands and then con- continued to watch The Exorcist. Yes. Yep. I <laughs> The moment you said crucifixes, I knew exactly where you were going. Yeah. You know, it's a great movie and it's on a number of if you look online to lists of like greatest movies of hard time of all time, Exorcist is usually at number one because it's terrifying. It is terrifying. I think it kind of I still won't play with the Ouija board because of that movie. Oh, I'll play with the Ouija board. I'm fine with it. Mm-mm, no, um, you can't bring it to my house. <laughs> I it's it's a movie that is is still frightening, but I I maybe I've just seen it too many times that I'm just totally desensitized to it now, and I don't really remember ever being terrified. Oh, that movie! I mean, maybe it was the you know growing up religious that. Yeah, I it, I, I but... didn't grow up very religious, and I also didn't see The Exorcist until maybe I was fifteen. So maybe it was because I was it was later in life and I was already pretty desensitized to horror at that point because I went through a big stretch from probably like 12 to 15, maybe even 11 to 15 when I started watching horror movies where that like that was all I watched and I became desensitized very quickly. Like even even now to the point where there are not many movies, if any, that scare me. Um, like jump scare. Yeah, like I, I I've been in theaters with people like that where the entire theater jumps at a part and I was not one of them. See, I like I get myself more like, OK, I'm watching this to be scared, so I want to be scared. So like like when I do haunted houses and stuff like the people are, oh, I'm not scared. I'm like, you're paying money to be scared. Why are you being a tough guy? That's <laughs> also that's also why I don't go to haunted houses <laughs> because like, they don't scare me. So I'm not going to spend my money on them. I mean, I did one of the best haunted houses I ever actually did was Universal's ha- ha- bleh, Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. And they, the year I went, they had an exorcist house. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's like right up your alley. Oh, my God. I, um, I hate haunted houses that do the pitch black because I feel like I'm going to walk into a wall. But they, <laughs> they hit a point, And I still don't know if this was a person, an actual person, or it was just I almost walked into a wall. But it was pitch black. And then all of a sudden, like three inches from my face, the demon face popped up like right in front of me. Bloody murder screamed. Absolute bloody murder. (laughs) Yeah. Something like that would probably startle me. Um, It's different when it's when I'm in an unknown situation. Like if I'm walking into a place like that, which I would absolutely do Halloween Horror Nights because I actually know 
I have a friend who actually used to work for Universal and did Halloween Horror Nights. And he it's, said, like, it was one of the best jobs he ever had. It's incredible. Um, yeah. Like, so, like, going to a horror movie in a theater, I'm anticipating that there's going to be jump scares. So I usually don't jump at them. But going into something like that where it's completely unknown, I would probably jump and I'd be happy about it. Yeah. I would like it the was- fact that I could jump. Oh my god, it that that one terrified me. And then they had a Walking Dead one too. And at the end, all the zombies were coming after you. And so it was like you had to like literally run for your life out the door, which was fun. That's awesome. But I would do you know, that. the Exorcist one. And again, because that movie still creeps me out because it takes me back to being, you know, a little, you know, 10-year-old kid sitting holding my crucifixes in my hand <laughs> watching yeah. the movie. But I can't I can't say much because like like my number one, which we'll get to shortly, is a movie that still creeps me out so much to this day that I if I'm going through if I'm making a list of horror movies to watch every year, which I usually do when I when I come across that one, I'm like, mm, I don't know if it's going to make my list this year <laughs> because it's really creepy. Uh, Exorcist just doesn't do that for me. Uh, don't get me. And, and don't get me wrong. It's a fantastic movie. It's incredibly well done. It's still terrifying, but maybe I was just desensitized to it. It kind of sucks. But the book, the book's pretty good, too. I've never read the book. I'll be honest. I didn't even know there was a book. I didn't either until, oh, God, 20 years ago at this point. But a co-worker was like, well, did you ever read the book? I was like, no. He's like, here, take it. Oh, I might have to pick it up and just give it a read. Maybe it'll reinvigor some some uh, anticipation for the movie. So. My number three is a movie that God, I, I love so much. It doesn't scare me at all, but I just think it's so well done. And it's it's they, they get the gore factor right. They get the story right. They get the the comedic moments right. I, I love it. My number three is Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Oh, I didn't think you were going there. Nice. It is. I mean, again, like it's the first ever film that tales from the crypt did but i mean you had william sadler who was a classic character actor and actually did a bunch of tales from the crypt episodes so it was great that he came back you had billy zane as the collector who was just phenomenal in that role he's so good in that role you had jada pickett uh aka jada pickett smith um Dick Miller, Thomas Hayden Church, like the the cast of this movie was great. And the story was so well done that I just I it is a movie. I it it doesn't even have to be this time of year for me to watch it. I will just pop it on and watch it because it's just fun. Yeah, great, great fun. Great choice. Um, they I mean, I know Tales from the Crypt attempted another movie with Bordello of Blood, which yeah. It was okay, but to it me, wasn't, they, they, yeah, it didn't they, hit the right notes. No, it didn't. They tried. I don't think Dennis Miller was a good choice for the lead. Um, I think every, I think the rest of the casting was good, but I just, I wasn't sold on Dennis Miller as a lead. Um, at least not in that sense. Like he could lead other stuff. I just didn't feel him in that role. Um, yeah, it's just. They hit the nail. They hit the nail on the head. They hit the ball out of the park with their first attempt at a movie. And I wish they would have done more. 
but I think Bordello of Blood maybe kind of killed it. Yeah. For them, unfortunately. But we're back to, you know, maybe they can do it again now and try better. Well, I know they've been trying for for years and they almost succeeded about five years ago in rebooting Tales from the Crypt um, because it was actually going to be written by M. Night Shyamalan, which I thought actually would have had some serious potential. Yeah, he could. He could do that well. Yeah. Um, I mean, because the stories are already told. The stories are already written. Because Tales from the Crypt was indeed an actual comic book before the television series came out. And a lot of the stories, the episodes that they told were pulled from the comics. So the material is already there, plus whatever new stuff he decides to do. There was some potential, and I know TNT was supposed to be carrying it, but I think I think much like the the Trick or Treat sequel, it just kind of fell into like development hell and it just never never happened. Which is a shame. But because uh, I, I still go back and I just finished rewatching actually uh, all seven seasons of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, and that was a fun revisit. I loved it because there are I... a there are a number of actors and actresses in those episodes. I did not realize did episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, that's fun. That's always fun when you go back yeah. to something like, hey, wait, I know that guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're talking Chris, Christopher Reeve. um, Liam Neeson, like there are so many actors, so many familiar faces throughout the run of that show because it was re- it was still relatively the beginning of their careers. So they were still, you know, yeah. being they were still finding their way up. But it's it's ama- going back and rewatching all seven seasons. The number of people I saw who are huge stars now was I lost count. So that's that that was a fun rewatch, if, if nothing else, just for that. So, but yeah, number three, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Just a huge favorite of mine that I will watch any chance I get. And it is the one movie that anytime I think of Billy Zane, that's where I go. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, number two on your All list. Right. Number two was actually the way you were describing your last movie. I thought you were going to pick this movie. All right. I'm just going to say it. Cabin in the Woods. Great movie in my honorable mentions. It is it's, in my honorable mentions. I mean, it when it came out, it turned horror on its head and it was fantastic. Yep. I love this movie. I can watch it anytime. It's got the right amount. It's got scary, funny, stops and makes you think. It's got Thor. It's got Thor. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a mermaid or a merman. A merman. Yep. It's I mean, and it's one of those movies, too, that like it's. It's it's rather unfortunate that his career went the way it did in Joss Whedon um, because of everything that happened with him and his name, because he was one of the writers of it. Um, but I'm I'm good at separating the the projects from the person. So it doesn't yeah. affect like I can still watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can still watch Angel Firefly. um, Dr. Horrible at like I and Cabin in the Woods like falls into that. So the Joss Whedon attachment doesn't doesn't distract me from the movie. I agree completely. And you can't take this guy away from me. You can't get me to get rid of Firefly. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, I was wondering. Like, where are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where you're going with that. <laughs> um, I mean, and Drew Goddard is like he he hasn't directed much. Um, 
Bad Times at the Arroyal, which there was an earlier episode of Wilhelm with Greg and I, which we covered. We did a deep dive into that. Um, and Cabin in the Woods, plus a couple episodes of The Good Place are a uh, fantastic show. Um, so he hasn't directed much, but uh, Cabin in the Woods was his first directorial debut. And man, he did he, such a great job. Such a great. I mean, there, there's nothing. I can't think. I can't nitpick that movie. It just works. I don't think I can either. I think the only nitpick I have is that we never see Kevin. <laughs> I think that's it. But I mean, like, yeah, like Bradley Whitford is great in that movie. We mentioned Chris Hemsworth. It's just it's it's so well done. It's super well yeah. done. That's a good pick. All right. What's your number two? My number two. Now, see, now we're, we're again, this is like I saw my number two and I was like, yeah, like this is not only in my top five. It's my number two. Uh, I went with a movie from 1996 that had um, a, a a relatively known actor from Back to the Future uh, in Michael J. Fox. It, I went with the Frighteners. Oh, which was a very early Peter Jackson. Yeah. Um, love this movie. I, I, I will. This is another one that I will. I will watch uh, any time of year because I just think it's a fun movie. Um, I can't think of the actor's name now. I think it's. I want to say Kevin Nolan. I don't know if that's right, but it was great to see him return because he was the. Nope, I was way off. It's Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> <clears throat> Jeffrey Combs, um, who any a lot of other horror people would know uh, from the Reanimator film franchise. Yeah, because he was the doctor throughout all the the Reanimator films, and he it was great seeing him return in yet another creepy role as the the uh, the FBI agent or whatever agency Milton Danvers uh, or Dammers that. Just, it was such a creepy role for him. But, you know, we had Michael J. Fox, John Astin, Arlie Ermey, Chai McBride. Like, it was such a fantastic cast and such a departure from, I mean, it was well before Lord of the Rings, but such a departure from that kind of film that it was great seeing Peter Jackson be able to do this kind of, this kind of work. And if I remember correctly, 96 i'm i'm pretty sure i saw frighteners in theaters Ooh, i think been, i did it's been a long time since i've seen frighteners i gotta add that back on the list it's just it's a jake oh jake Busey is in the is in the movie too which i forgot johnny bartlett um but it's 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 rather interesting too because it's it's great seeing <clears throat> like ordinarily when you look at horror movies <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when you look at horror movies or movies where somebody has some kind of psychic ability, they usually turn out to be the villain of the movie. You know, you look at Carrie, um, you look at Scanners, you look at movies like that where the person with that ability is the villain. He's nothing more than a con man. You know, he's using this ability to talk to spirits to haunt people's homes so that he can exercise, quote unquote, exercise the homes when it's really his friends that are ghosts that are doing the haunting. So he's conning people out of money. 
And then he ends up using the ability again towards the end to kind of save the day. So it was nice seeing that kind of a twist where the person with the ability was not the villain, but the hero. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I love the movie. And it's just, it's, it's a ton of fun. And yeah, it's another one of those just like Tales from the Crypt Demon Night that I will watch pretty much yeah, any time of year. Yeah, no, it's totally worth watching. Yeah, I definitely have to add that back up on the list. Yep, that's a great choice. Put it, put it right under Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I, uh, right under, yes. Tale, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is up higher because I haven't seen that at all. You haven't seen that one yet, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but that leads us to our number ones on the all list right. before we knock out our slew of honorable mentions. <laughs> I know it's um, going to take forever. Which, well, we'll do those quickly. Honorable mentions are pretty yeah. quick. But what have you got for your number? I'm really intrigued. What is your number one? My number one, people are going to fight me on to say it's not a horror movie and I don't care. I focus, focus. No, <laughs> I enjoy that movie, but I don't have the love that everybody else has for it. Um, <laughs> oh, now we are going to fight. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it's Jaws because it's the perfect it's, movie. It's totally a horror movie. Right. I don't care what anybody says. That movie, if it if it scares you, it's a horror movie. Yeah, Jaws is a monster movie. Yes, it absolutely is a horror movie. I, whoever says it's not can fight me too. That All is right. a horror film. Yeah, Jaws. It's my favorite I mean, movie. The perfect movie. I've sat and watched it on the Spanish Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you've seen it so many times, you know all the dialogue already. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I the farewell and adieu uh, sea shanty is what I sing my kids to sleep. Oh, nice. All right. Cause I didn't yeah. know too many songs when I had Alice and that popped in my head one night and that just became the go to sleep song. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's totally a horror movie in the fact that you, you have, you have this monster that is terrorizing this town. Granted it's in water. Everybody knows that it's a shark. At least that's what they tell you. But you don't see the shark until the end. So up until that point, is it a shark? Is it not a shark? Like, is this really a shark that's terrorizing these people? And then when you get to the end and you find out, yes, it's actually a shark. Holy shit, I'm afraid of sharks now. Like, it's it terrorized people. Like, there were people. I, I dated a girl who still to this day is, is afraid to. She refuses to go in the ocean. And she even thinks like I laughed at her about it because she still think she still thought every once in a while a shark could get her in her pool. <laughs> I was like, you realize how ridiculous that is, right? It's enclosed and it's not salt water. You're fine. Well, hey, bull sharks can go in fresh water. Yes, but nobody dropped <laughs> one in her pool <laughs> and they won't ex and they can't survive in chlorinated water. No, they're not going to survive. So like even water. if someone dropped one in her pool. She's fine. Like, yeah, I mean, and I, I do get like even Spielberg has come out since then, I think relatively recently within like the past five or 10 years and said that he does. If there, if he had any one regret about Jaws, it's that the negative stigma it put on sharks. And that's what Peter Benchley said for writing the book. He oh, maybe said, that's what I heard. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he I said heard. he he honestly he got to the point where he was like, I just wish I didn't write it because of the damage that it's done. Yeah. Because sharks are not nearly as vicious as they're made out to be in movies. They are incredibly intelligent creatures. Um, yeah, I mean, Jaws did kind of put a negative stigma on the on the creature. 
Um, such a good I mean, it was the first blockbuster. It was so well done. It's got your jump scare with Bed Gardner's head coming out the bottom of the boat. Yeah, it's it's incredibly well done. And I can't fault you for making it number one. Yeah, it's got good tension. It's it's the best movie ever. The music is just iconic. Yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. I, I can't fault you for putting that number one. And like I said, anybody else, anybody who tells you it is not a horror movie. And that goes for any Wilhelm listeners out there right now, too. <laughs> uh, anybody who says Jaws is not a horror movie, you are 100% wrong. We will fight you. You are absolutely wrong. Jamie and I will team up. We'll tag team that bitch. And we will fight you that Jaws is a horror movie. So, yep, no doubt in my mind. That is a great choice for number one. Great choice for number one. Uh, that leads me to my number one. And again, this was a no brainer for me. Going through my list was difficult to get my top basically three through five. Number one, I knew the moment I was doing this episode. And this is a movie that if I do this episode next year, which I probably will, will probably remain at number one because that yeah, has, Jaws isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And <laughs> this movie has been my number one probably since I've seen it for the first time, which. I mean, this movie is from 97. So we're talking 25 years at this point. This movie has been my number one favorite horror movie. Um, And that's Event Horizon. With uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill. It is. Again, it's one of those movies that when I am putting together my list and I get to it, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to put that on my list this year. Because it is creepy as shit. It is creepy. It is a fantastic horror movie. It's a lot. It's my brother's favorite horror movie, too. It's (laughs) he's got good taste in horror movies. And it's it's not even really that it's scary. Like there are definitely scares to it. It's the creep factor. Yeah. The movie is incredibly creepy. I mean, and what else do you expect when you take a it's a science fiction horror film? about a ship that literally can fold space so that it can get from point A to point B in a, in a very like incredibly quickly, like almost in an instant. But instead of folding space, it opens a dimension to hell. Like it opens a portal to hell. Like that's like that tag, that just that description alone, if I had never seen the movie, would be like, yeah, I want to watch that. That's like, it's like doom before doom. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Good comparison. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think it's before Doom because I think no, Doom, I think Doom was like a little earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's basically what it is. Like it's it's opening a portal to hell in space, and on a ship where you can't go anywhere. Like you are literally trapped with whatever is coming out. And I mean, there's literally a scene where Sam Neil turns around and he's bleeding from the eyes, but he has no eyes. It's like. Like, what the hell am I watching? But I mean, it's it's so well done. Um, you know, I mentioned, like I said, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, um, Sean Pertwee, um, Jason Isaacs. It's got an incredible cast. The story is so well done. It No movie has come close on my list to taking over it as number one. So it cool. will it will it will most likely remain my number one for a long time. Yeah. And it sticks with you. Like that's the oh, sign yeah. of a good heart. Like if it sticks with you 
and gets under your skin. That's the sign of a good horror movie. The trailer will just reinvigorate memories of the movie. Like I will see just a quick piece of the movie in the trailer and be like, yep, remember that scene? I, I'm I, it's falling towards the bottom of my list of wanting to watch again. <laughs> but every but like I said, it's not a movie I watch every year because it creeps me out. But every couple years, I make the effort to say, I need to see if this is still my number one. I have to watch it and I'll watch it. And it always holds up as my favorite horror movie of all time. So I'm, I'm happy. We did not share any of our top five. I know. And I didn't change any of mine. That's good. You I stuck with my five. <laughs> but here's where we, here's where the fun comes in. Because the there's list, yes, of the, the honorable mentions. list of honorable mentions. <laughs> um, and this isn't even all of them for me. No, me either. Uh, but, you know, these are ones that we can go through relatively quickly. We don't have to spend a lot of time on these. We can kind of push through these and we'll kind of just go one and one and then we'll see where we end up um, on your list of honorable mentions. What have you got? Like, what one do you got for me? Uh, I'm going to go with one that kept jumping back onto my list. Um, high tension. Never seen it. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. Oh, good. I highly recommend it. It's, um, I believe it's French. Okay. Um, now, the unique thing about that one is when they dubbed it into English, they used the original actors. So if you have a problem with subtitles, you can legitimate watch the dub and you get the proper inflections. Okay. That's good to know. Um, but it starts out as your typical horror movie with, you know, two girls from university go off on a vacation. And then okay. things go badly. Okay. But I, it's one I, of those movies. It sticks with you. It's just like um, Event Horizon. It sticks with you. It sounds familiar. Um, I, I just, say it was like the early 2000s is when it came out. Yeah. I, it sounds familiar. And for some reason, I think I can even picture the cover of it. But I just, it just never, I never viewed it yet. So I will, it's getting added to the list of <laughs> Yay, the ever growing lists. Um, I went with one that was very close to making my top five. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was incredibly difficult to not have it in my top five. I went with the original Dawn of the Dead from 78. It, the, that, that one in the remake bounced in and out of my... <laughs> I have them listed together in my honorable mention 78 and 2004 because the, the Zack Snyder remake is super well done. Oh my God, so good. It's incredibly well done. And it's one of the few and only Zack Snyder movies I actually appreciate. Because uh, the DC movies are horrible. Um, and it ends so. I think it's kind of open ended. I think it's kind of open ended, though, isn't it? Like they don't reveal well, that so... they all die. But it's it doesn't leave you very hopeful. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it, they don't tell you for sure that they all die. It could just be that where they thought they were going, there were more zombies. Yes. So. But yeah, but the original Dawn of the Dead, though, I like I remember getting really big into the zombie genre with Night of the Living Dead, which is also on my my honorable mentions, um, you know, and, and Shaun of the Dead and all these. And then watching going through the Romero movies, loving Night of the Living Dead and then seeing Dawn of the Dead. And I'd be like, wow, like this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Like and it's still to this day, probably one of my all time favorite zombies. The original 78. I'm not going to argue that. All right. Uh, what's another one you got? Um, 
Quarantine. Good movie. Um, because if for no other reason, then it's the only time in a zombie movie the government has their shit together. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> is it a zombie movie, though? I think it's along the same lines as 28 um, Days Later that it's more an infection. I'll be honest, it's been a minute since I've seen it, so I don't remember. And I'm not so I'm not going to argue that point with you because I because I, <laughs> I, I, I if I, it's been a while since I've seen it, too, but I don't remember them dying and reanimating. I think it's just an infection because if okay, I remember a, correctly, a survival horror, then yeah, we'll go with that, survival horror. That's better. With, yeah. But the government had their shit together. And that always struck me with that move. If I mean, it was I mean, it's a good, you know, tension driven survival horror movie but then i was like but the government knew what they were doing for once like for no other reason if you're into survival horror that's a good reason to watch this one it's gonna be so interesting um because i know our friend jason argues the point a lot with 28 days later they're infected they're not zombies i say they're infected and they're not zombies he disagrees um it's gonna be very while we're on it 28 days later is in the honorable mentions is in the honorable mentions (laughs) as well okay yeah it's going to be interesting come March because I'm doing the live episode of Wilhelm with Ross Marquand in Atlanta. And uh, for the listeners listening, I may, I don't know if I announced that or not. Um, but yeah, that's, that's happening. Ross Marquand from the walking dead is going to be my guest for that episode. And we're doing our top five favorite zombie movies. So nice. it's, it's going to be, well, it's a walking dead event. Like why would we not right. do zombies? It's going to be interesting if Ross brings up 28 days later in his list of favorite zombie movies, because I don't care who it is. I will argue it is even with not, Ross. I will argue it is not a zombie movie. Survival horror. Yes. Absolutely. Survival horror in the, in the vein of zombie movies, but not a zombie movie, not a zombie movie. Not. Yep. Agreed. Just like, um, I am legend, not a zombie movie. Oh no. I am legend is more vampire than zombie. Right. But it's, yeah. it's, it's survival horror. It's in the vein. Yes. Like, and if I remember, and I think I'm pretty sure quarantine is the same way, because if I remember correctly, I think the, the virus is like an, an advanced rabies virus. Maybe. So I think, I think it is they're just aggressive because they're infected and not not undead. Um, so. Fair enough. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, we'll have to revisit. <laughs> OK, so uh, another honor. Yeah, another honorable mention is one that I just recently rewatched, and I love this movie so much because it was worth the 10 years I waited for it to happen. I went with Freddy versus Jason. I saw that movie twice opening night. Twice in the it, same night? Twice in the... Okay, so my college friends and I, huge Jason fans, um, they, I actually had two friends, one drive from way upstate New York and one drive from Rhode Island to my spot in New York at the time. I was living in the Hudson Valley, New York, to go see this movie together. And my brother comes home from work early. I had taken the day off of work. And he's like, you know, we've got time to go see this at the matinee before your friends get here. Now, if any of them are <laughs> listening to this, I've never told them this and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so we quick ran out, saw the matinee came home, collected my friends and some of his friends and went and, they went and saw it again. <laughs> That's where you have fun in your theater. Like, I bet you I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> no, I played it off. Like, yeah, Sean, if you're listening, he's going to be so mad at me. But if Sean <laughs> listens to this, I'm sorry, buddy. I love you, but I did see it once without you. <laughs> it's, it's been like almost 20 years. Like, I'm pretty sure he'd probably forgive you at this point. No, he first he'd hit me with something. 
Oh, but okay. he would throw something at me first. <laughs> but yeah, so like, I mean, I remember like watching, like the rumor was always there that they were going to do a Freddy versus Jason movie. And then in 1993, um, Jason Goes to Hell hits theaters. And, and at the very end, when you get the close-up of, of Jason's mask and Freddy's glove comes up and grabs oh, the mask so cool. and drags it. I, I think I remember audibly freaking out. So I'm yes. like, oh my God, they're actually doing it. Like they are really going to do this movie. And then it got stuck in developmental for a while until 2003 when the movie finally came out. And I was not disappointed in the least. I thought it was so much fun. It's not the greatest horror movie, but for what no. it was, it lived up to every expectation that flaming machete in the cornfield. Oh my God. It's so good. I mean, and I, from what I remember there, there is a rumor and I don't know if it's a rumor rumor or urban myth or whatever. I think they filmed two endings to the yeah. movie and they, and different theaters showed different endings. So oh, some that part theaters, I don't know. So some theaters got Freddie winning. Some theaters got Jason winning. I, again, that might just be urban myth. I don't know. And then when it was, was when it was released on the VHS and then DVD, they went with the Freddy or the Freddy losing because. But did he really lose, well, though? I mean, that's the I mean, I've, I'm the Jason fan, so I think Jason won. Oh, Jason absolutely <laughs> won. But did Freddy get the better body like, count? That's the that's true. It's just oh. it was so well done and it almost made my top five. I'm not going to lie. Um. But I just rewatched it again the other night and still enjoyed every second of it. So that had to be in my honorable mentions. Uh, no, that was a good one. That was that's in. So we'll stick with the it's on my honorable list, honorable mentions list, too. But I'm going to talk about the Jason thing as a whole, because Friday 13th is my favorite series. Love it. Love it. Love it. But I'm uh, going to pick my favorite movie again. We're going with. My heart of the Jason with the the first one I ever saw in theaters. If you say Jason X, think, we're going to have to cancel this podcast, right? It now. is. It is, it is it really? so much fun. <laughs> okay. I have I will... so much fun with that movie because the virtual reality scene. Okay. If nothing when he, else. When the he virtual has the reality woman scene. in the sleeping bag and he's slamming <laughs> her against the tree. <laughs> I, I will admit I audibly cracked up at that scene. <laughs> When they're sitting on the ground, they're like, we love premarital sex. <laughs> it is. Okay. I will. I will give it to you for that scene alone. That, that movie is a lot of alone. fun. Yes. yes. I'm not. I'll give you that. Yeah. That I really didn't think you were going to say Jason X. And now I'm that's fun. But that's that funny. Scene. That scene. That scene makes that whole movie worth it. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, like when he has the girl in the sleeping bag and he's just <laughs> slamming the sleeping bag like a carpet, like up against the tree. I, I'm pretty sure I audibly laughed. It's it's so good. I'll, OK. I know I joked, but I'll, for that, yeah, for that scene alone, I'll give you Jason X. It's 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 worth watching. It's fun. It's fun. Oh, man. Um, okay. So another one of mine. I'm going with a movie from 2014 called As Above, So Below. Oh, this is another um, 
it's it's an international film, but it's in English, so it's not dubbed over. Uh, this is about a bunch of people who go into the catacombs in, I want to say France, um, and end up getting lost in the catacombs. And it seems that no matter how hard they try to get to the surface, they just end up going lower and lower and lower into the catacombs, into areas of the catacombs that nobody even knows existed. And then there's this incredibly twisted ending at the end that I don't want to give away. But it was super well done. There's a lot of high tension in the movie. I don't remember there being a lot of jump scares, but like there, there's definitely some creep factor yeah. to it. And I remember very, watching very it over a friend's house and being like, yeah, this was fun. This was a fun movie. So As Above, So Below is, is one that I had to throw on my honorable mentions. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, what's another? Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever is also on my honorable mentions. That's a, uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's, you know, you get the kid from Boy Meets World going crazy. Like it's, <laughs> you know, I can't remember his name on Boy Meets World. Was it Sean? Um, I think it was Sean. I think it was Sean. Um, but yeah, first thing ever out, outside of Cabin Fever that I ever saw him do. And, and that's another... It's been years since I've seen it, but it's always stuck with me. I think that's another virus. Yeah, it's a virus. Movie, it? It's yeah. infected water. Yep. Yeah, that's what I that's what I remember about it too. And yeah, I saw that one in the theater when it first came out too. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it. I think yeah, I think I, I waited for for VHS to watch that one or DVD at that time. Might have been DVD because that was two thousand two. So yeah, DVD was around. Um, I'm going with a really really newer um series of films actually uh for my honorable mentions i'm going with the fear street series that just released on netflix this year those are good choice those that was good uh part one 1994 part two 1666 and part three 1978 um i did not know what to expect because they do come from an rl stein series uh super happy with the way they turned out yeah i enjoyed really good. all three part they all three of them pay homage to different genres of horror yep they and do it beautifully and do it great i mean the death scenes are fantastic the story was amazing and the way they take all three of the stories and tie them together at the end it's almost like the second half of the third movie is a fourth movie um but yeah i just i i thought they were incredibly well done and we actually we almost did an episode of wilhelm on fear street but we couldn't get it organized in time um but yeah anybody who's a horror fan and you have netflix go watch the fear street films all three of them they're so well done they're great uh what's okay. another all right one of the things that i think drew me into horror so much is that for the most part it's strong women okay in most of the movies, it's strong, tough women, and they survive. Are we talking specifically about Ripley at this point? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so Alien is another one that was on and off my list because, you, I mean, how do you talk about horror movies without talking about Alien? I mean, it, it, there are some people that would consider that more sci-fi than horror. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alien it's a horror, 2 it's a is more sci-fi. Alien 2 is more sci-fi. Alien is a horror movie in space. 
well, like Event Horizon. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. If you consider Event Horizon a horror movie, which it absolutely is, then Alien also qualifies. Yeah, yeah, Aliens. You're right. Is more is more the sci-fi, and then after, and then anything post Aliens is more sci-fi than horror. Yeah, but Alien is 100% a horror movie. Absolutely, I agree completely. Um, let's see, what's another one? Oh, gotta go with this one. 1988. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Had to make the list. It is so ridiculous that it's fun. Um, you know, you have these these clowns, these aliens in the form of clowns that come in and just kill people by wrapping them in cotton candy, which literally dissolves them. Uh, and the only way to kill them is to pop their nose. It's so ridiculous, but it makes a genius horror film campy and just so fun. much fun so much fun uh what's another i'm going to go with insidious i've never seen any of the insidious movies they are on my list um i've never seen any of the insidious films and i've never seen any of the conjuring films they are creepy is Insidious part of the same series? Is that part of Conjuring or is that different? No, uh, no, they're two different okay. series. Because um, I know there's like the but, Nun, which is part of the Conjuring series. Yeah, and, and so Insidious Annabelle is, okay. is part of that. Insidious is a separate okay. thing, but they came out kind of together and it's kind mm -hmm. of, but it's scary. <laughs> I've they, they are on my list. They're just a series of films that for some reason I just, I have not I gotten into yet. I would put Insidious a little bit above the Conjuring ones. Okay. In my opinion. Oh, and there's more, but there's also more Conjuring films. There's than, much more Conjuring Insid films. And, Insid <sighs> Insidious, I think there's three. Yeah. I, I think Conjuring. I'll be honest, you, I'm not sure I saw the third one. <laughs> when you, uh, the Conjuring, when you include the nun and the boy and Annabelle, I think there's like eight movies, if not more. They're, yeah, it might be because they kind of, yeah. I mean, they're good. Um, so Insidious would be easier. Insidious. To get I, I would say just start with the first one. Mm -hmm. I think the first one is the best one. Um, I think it's creepy. It's it's another one that sticks with you and makes you, you know, like for the rest of the night, you're like, what was that around the corner? Did I just see something in the dark? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love movie. I love movies like that. Yeah. Um, we'll do a couple more. We'll do like three yeah. or four more. And because we, we can keep doing this for like another hour. All night. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's another one on my list? All right. I'm going to go with... Um, a movie that I did not think much of the first time I saw it, but I have gained a huge love and appreciation for not only the first one, but the entire series. I went with Scream. From nice. 96. I, again, like I didn't think much of it, but I've gained a, so much of an appreciation for that movie because it is really well done. Yeah. And like, I wasn't crazy about the idea of like, oh, here comes another franchise of, a guy in a mask going around killing everybody. That's basically Michael Myers. And then like the more I watched it, I, I'm like, yeah, like this is totally different. And it so well done. So well done. And so much so that like the movie did not scare me. Like, so I, I remember seeing scream in theaters and there is one part of the movie that makes me jump. That made me jump in theaters. And you're going to laugh when I tell you what part it is. It's after Billy Loomis and everybody is already dead. Like the killer has already been stopped. The part that made me jump 
was when her dad falls out of the closet. <laughs> I can because see that, I, Because I thought everything was over. I was like, oh, like the movie's over. I can relax. And then he falls out of the closet. Son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> it, it, it made me jump. And yeah, I've just, I've grown to love not only the original, but all the sequels that have come. And I'm incredibly excited for Scream 5. I know, that looks good. Yeah, I'm really excited. Especially considering it's a lot of the main characters coming back. So, we shall see. Uh, what's another on your list? All right. Um, 13 Ghosts. Great movie. And if you, like, the first time I watched it, I thought it was good, but then I watched the bonus features on the DVD where it went, went into each ghost and how they got there, and I was a whole new appreciation of that movie. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub, Shannon Elizabeth, and I think Dak Shepard, right, is the, I think is the, uh, or, wait, no, not no, Max, it's, um, um, it's Ma- um, Matt Lillard, Lillard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, and he's great in the movie. Tony Shalhoub is great in the movie. The ghost... The makeup job on the ghosts, so well done. Yeah. So well done. Plus the door closing scene. Oh, my God. The door closing <laughs> scene. That was ridiculous. Um, all right. I, I have a couple more, but I'm going to pick two. Okay. Uh, uh, I got two. So I got, I got oh, man, I'm, I'm missing one. All right. I'm picking two. I'm picking two. Okay. So we're doing this again next year, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. My, my honorable mentions will be even longer next year. Um, all right, so the first of the two I have left, I'm going to go with, this is another Netflix one that I don't know if you've seen before from 2015 called The Final Girls. I did watch that. It is another, like, really kind of oh, weird. I have it on the I- list. I should have. <laughs> it's a weird idea for a horror movie in that it's, it's characters that get pulled into a horror movie and have to survive. Like, it's such a clever concept that I think was incredibly well done. And it's one that I will probably watch every year because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I know that one's good. Um, You know, on that note, I'm going to throw out one that you probably haven't seen. And I saw it going through your library, actually. Is it The Babysitter? No. Oh, that's it's another good one. It's the Wrong Turn reboot. Oh, yeah, I never saw the reboot. I, it was like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Let me just see what this is. Shocked at how good it was. Oh, I might have to add it to the list now. Yeah, I was completely surprised by how good it was. So if you haven't seen it, you're looking for something new for this season. I recommend the the wrong turn reboot because I'm going to forget about it by next year. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I will have to. Uh, I will have to check it out. Um. All right. Final one. There's a number of them I have to choose from. Um, should I go zombie or recent? Well, you're planning to do a zombie episode at some point in time. So I would say recent recent. Okay. Um, I think this qualifies as a horror movie. I totally classify it. I went with ready or not from 2019. I haven't actually seen that one. It is so good. It was quite honestly from 2019. It was one of my two favorite movies from that year. Knives Out being the other. Hmm. I'm adding it to the list. Yeah, it's and it's um, oh, God, what is her name? It's going to bug me. Um, It's another one of those movies that I will pretty much watch anything she's in. 
Um, I can't think of it. She's in Mayhem. She's in... This is going to bug me. I'm trying not to put any dead air in here. <laughs> <laughs> while, while I'm looking it up. Because she's also in The Babysitter. Um, which is that other movie that I mentioned. But she's... Um, God, it's going to bug me. Ready it's or not, fun. I mean... It, it's so it's such a fun movie, though. Like, it's literally about Samara Weaving. That's it. It was going to bug me. Um, she she's basically a bride of who is marrying into a. Um, a family of game creators, and it's a tradition that any t- like on their wedding night, they have to play a game and the game is chosen completely at random. And all the games are normal games except hide and seek. Hide and seek is literally they have to hunt the bride and kill her. Ooh. Yes. And if they don't, and, and the reason why they have to do it is to appease a god. So anytime the horror, the, the hide and seek game gets played, it's because the god has to be appeased. So in order to appease the god, they literally have to hunt and kill the bride. Wow. So it's her against this entire family in a house. Oof. And it's, it's so, so much fun. And the ending was like brilliant. It was it was just great. Um, it's another one. Put it right. Mm, put it above Tucker and Dale. Oh, really? But but just above Tucker and just above, just above, okay. just above. So Tucker and Dale will be the next movie you watch after Ready or Not. Okay. I can do that. All right. Um, Yeah, I'll give you one more. One more. And that's it. (laughs) I know it's tough. I know. Whoever's listening saying, but you didn't mention. Yeah, I know. It's on this list over here. And (laughs) we'll get into it another time. But I think it would be a failure not to mention any of the Japanese horror movies. And I'm going to pick my favorite of them, which is Audition. Audition is a great one. I was was curious if you were going to go Audition or Ringu. Um, cause Ringo was also super well done. Audition's the one that stuck with me more. Like I still that mm-hmm. still <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I've seen that too. It's been yeah, a audi- good while since I've seen that. The audition is the one that stuck. Ringo was also on the list and so is Juan, but, yep. but audition's the one that, ugh, that noise still it's i mean it's weird too like don't get me wrong like the ring is really good but like and i i saw the ring first before i saw ringu because i didn't know there was a japanese version i didn't know it was a remake of a japanese movie and then i I saw them the same night because i worked at blockbuster when it came out not dating myself at all um (laughs) i was a store manager at blockbuster trust me it's not dated (laughs) um but they the ring came out. I'm like, oh, good. I can finally watch this. And then they had, they also released with it the Ringu. They, we got, the, I'm like, well, I'm going to check this out too. So I watched them the same night. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so funny. And this definitely does date us. Um, how for movie lovers, Blockbuster was a dream job. Oh my God. I was so excited. And to top it off, like I'm a Yankee fan and the guy who owned my, it was Whitey Ford who owned my Blockbuster. Really? Yeah. Jesus. He yeah, sold it I, right after I he sold it back to the company shortly after I worked there, but I Oh yeah, I 
I remember applying for Blockbuster and being so happy I got the job as just a CSR. And then I eventually worked my way up to being like an assistant manager and being in charge of like the inventories. Like, I, I forget how often we how often did we do inventories? I think it was once a month. Mm -hmm where we were there till like two, three o'clock in the morning after the store, because the store closed at midnight and we couldn't do inventory yep. until it was over. Um, and you just play movies over the big TVs yep, while you did the you, inventory. Yep, you just yep. play <laughs> movies on the screen. Oh yeah. Cause I remember like watching South Park, the movie doing inventories. Or, or sometimes when a blank VHS was left in the box instead you of the movie that was returned, you play it. And being very surprised sometimes as to what were on those videotapes. Yeah. Um, and then waiting for the person to see if they were going to come back and admit to what they left. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, yeah. And then I remember working my way up, like getting, getting asked if I wanted to be a store manager. And I was, I remember telling them like, well, like you already promoted one person to store manager, but you moved them to a different store. I'm like, I love this store. Like I'll be store manager if it can be this store. And they were like, yeah, like that's what we're looking for. So I remember moving up store manager at the store I was in and getting like, because what I don't know about like the time frame that you work there or not, and I know I'm getting off topic, but I remember what and people are often surprised when I tell them this, that the Boondock Saints was a Blockbuster exclusive. It did not hit video stores other than Blockbuster. Like it was it got released to Blu-ray exclusively in Blockbuster. And then it became a cult hit so much to the point that anytime we would pull it and sell it pre-owned it was gone immediately like it never stayed on the shelf mainly because the employees were buying them first <laughs> well yeah um because we loved that movie just as much as everybody else did but a lot of people tend to forget that that was a blockbuster exclusive when it first came out i don't think i remembered that i was um like 2000 to 2002 when it was when i was working there. okay yeah you worked there after boondock because i i worked there from 98 till about i think 2003 was maybe yeah, 2000, right around when i no 2002 because when i graduated college i i ended up leaving the job it was 2003 because that's when i graduated college and i did it was my college job because they asked me to it be was, manager yep. too and i was like no i can't handle that and college oh i took it on <laughs> i uh, it was my college job too and i took it on completely yeah no i I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, what I found out was one of the kids, one of the guys went to store manager and then was like, no, I can't handle this and came back down. Apparently he kept his pay of store manager the whole time. And he oh. went back. So I should have said yes and gone back down. And then but... just gone back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I didn't find that out until like the week before I quit. <laughs> Let's do one more. Let's do one more honorable mention. One more honorable mention. Okay. I'll do one more honorable. Mention. I'll do one more than you do. Okay. Um, and I'm going to do, I know what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not a big pick. I was just looking cause I see a bunch of them. I just haven't mentioned yet. Um, I'm going to save the zombie one for the zombie episode. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I just want to mention the 2013 reboot of evil dead because I liked it. I thought it was really like, well done. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew I, I know Sam Raimi didn't direct it. Bruce wasn't in it, but Bruce was a producer on it. Sam Raimi was a producer on it. So the originals had a touch, had a hand in making it. And I loved all the homages to the original. Yeah. Um, you know, the cabin, obviously, there was the sweatshirt that she wore was the college that Ash went to. The Oldsmobile from the first movie right? is in the woods. Like, it's a car that they're sitting on when they're having a conversation. 
Um, and Ash actually is in the movie. He is an Easter egg in the credits. If you watch the original, if you watch the reboot Evil Dead all the way to the end, at the as soon as the final credit goes up and the screen goes to black, it is Ash. It is a side view of Ash of Bruce Campbell as Ash, and he says groovy and turns to the camera as it does an extreme close-up on him, and then it cuts out. That's I it. Must have missed that. That's yeah, awesome. It's, a, it's at the very end because the original ending of that movie was supposed to be her walking down the street while an S-Mart truck pulls up beside her to pick her up and it's Ash Williams driving the truck Nice, because it was going to blend both stories and they never went, they never went through it. Huh? That's so, cool. But I love that movie too, because with the exception of one scene in the opening, everything else is done with practical effects. Everything is practical effects. Nothing is CGI except for that one scene in the beginning. Even the blood at the end with like the raining blood. They like if you watch the special features, they said they had like seven tanker trucks of blood. That's amazing because they had to make it rain blood and it was all practical effect. It was all actual blood, not That's actual fantastic. blood, but like you blood. Know, movie yeah. blood, movie blood. So which just makes that scene so much better. So. <sighs> Okay. What what's your final one? Um, pick one, two, or three. Two. Two? All right. Uh Amityville and the reboot. The reboot with Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. The okay. original and the reboot. I'm putting them together because they're both great in their own yeah, way. Yeah, I agree. Um I, I don't remember the reboot too much, like I said, with the exception that Ryan Reynolds is in it. Um, but the the original I definitely remember. The original, the reboot was good. Honestly, I might have to revisit that one. I it was good. Revisit it and see, because um, it's yeah. I mean, the story alone. I mean, there are reboots that are great, and there are reboots that not. I mean, we right. won't mention Psycho. Literally, That's, the the shot whoa. for shot. What it. is the point of that? It's such a waste of money. I know. I think it was to <laughs> try and make Vince Vaughn a bigger star, which didn't need to be done. Yeah, because he was already Amityville. big enough as it is. But I mean, the Amityville movies are creepy, like, especially when you're house hunting. Oh, God. Yeah. And your house, too. Like you like no offense, but your house could totally fit a horror movie. Absolutely. It's next door to a graveyard. It's right it's next door to a graveyard. As hell. We were talking about that before. Like if the zombie apocalypse ever breaks out, you're screwed. <laughs> Do you know how thick these walls are? Yeah, but you're right next door. They're in the ground. We very rarely see them coming up. What are you talking about? Like, that's how it happens in Night of the Living Dead. In Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. But I'm talking the modern movies. They're, they're under there. They're stuck. Oh, I'll yeah, there are. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. You're right. Like Walking Dead, they don't come out of the ground. I mean, they're down there probably gnashing away, but that's their problem. They're probably <laughs> rotted away at this point in, in Walking yeah. Dead. But no, but Amityville, well. like anytime, like I've got a bunch of flies in the house. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good choice, though. That's another good choice to, to wrap up the honorable mention. Uh, and again, if we miss something and you're mad that we missed it, I guarantee you it's on our list. And tune we in just next didn't year. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> tune in next year. You'll hear it. I'm sure. Yeah. We know there's a whole lot we didn't mention. There's a slew of movies we haven't mentioned. I have okay, at least more. I have at least five. Oh, you're going to do one more. <laughs> one more that has to be mentioned. OK. And I think you'll agree. It has to be mentioned. OK. The thing. Oh, my God. Yes. Not that the Mary Elizabeth Winstead one. No. The original with Kurt. The Russell. original of the thing. Yes, because that that felt like a big hole that we were leaving out. But now I feel it feels completed. I feel completed. 
I feel like somebody was out there yelling that we didn't mention the thing and getting mad. So I think they're appeased now. It's it's a Carpenter classic. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, when the John Carpenter episode of Wilhelm happens, the thing is probably going to be number one for a lot of people. As it should be. Yeah. So, no, that's a good one to end on. You're right. It kind of felt like a piece was missing until we we just threw that one in there. Yeah. A uh, lot of great movies mentioned, both in our top five and honorable mentions. I'm incredibly satisfied with this first annual horror movie episode. Again, it was a very broad topic. There are so many movies out there. I, my friend Paul, who does the What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero podcast, is a huge horror buff. He's probably screaming his head off at some that we've didn't mention. Um, and it's most likely because they are movies that nobody else has seen but him. But that's okay. <laughs> I may have seen one or two and it might be on this list, but we're, we're done. Yeah. We're for finished. Today. Yeah. Yeah. For today we're finished for, for 2021. We are finished with are the done. horror movie episode because now we're going to start moving into different holidays being Christmas and the matrix. That's not a holiday, but still, uh, and James Bond month in January, which I'm really excited. For. Um, anything you have to promote. I mean, we can promote you just did, Evil Dead with Damien. Just did, yep, on the watch it in the 80s. Um, eventually, he and I are going to jump back in. We've got Friday the 13th 3 to do, which was the one I wanted to do with him because that screams 80s horror like nothing else to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, other than that scene in Jason X, which we mentioned earlier, um, out of all the Friday the 13th movies, the other scene that really sticks out to me is in Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, and it's the scene where they're on the roof and the dude is like boxing Jason and he gets him like right to the edge of the building. And rather than knock him off, like you should do, he gives Jason one shot and Jason <laughs> knocks his head off. Like, why would you give him a shot? Like you're an idiot. Like yeah, you had him no. that close to the edge, push him off. Like it's ridiculous. He would have survived. <laughs> that there's a lot of issues to take with that movie, but three is also a beautifully terrible movie. Yes, that relies so much on the 3D, but that's of that time. I forgot about the 3D. Oh, I have the 3D DVD with the glass, the Jason mask glasses. Jesus, nope, nope. (laughs) I hate. I'm I'm not a 3D fan. I I I just find it as a fad, and it's just. Well, yeah, no, and it was like I said, Damien's podcast is watching the 80s. It's about the 80s. That to me sums up 80s horror in one nice little bubble. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So that's um, what, so he and I are going to do that one and then we're going to do four. We don't have it scheduled yet, but those are our plans. That's awesome. Yeah, and Damien's podcast is great. I mean, we talked it about really it with is. Damien on last week. So um, definitely go and check out what uh, we uh, watch it in the 80s. And I think it's watched it in the 80s podcast.com. I think you said is the website for the uh, for that and it's available wherever podcasts are found so just search for it and find it um as for this show as for as for wilhelm uh be sure to leave a review of the show on whatever podcasting platform you listen on the more reviews that i get the more people i'm able to reach so they they're incredibly helpful uh also be sure to follow wilhelm on social media facebook.com at facebook.com slash the wilhelm podcast uh and at the wilhelm pod on both instagram and twitter Finally, if you are interested in being a guest or have an idea for a topic, movie, franchise, whatever, anything you want to hear me talk about, uh, message me on any of the platforms that I mentioned, or you can email me directly at the Wilhelm podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, coming up in the future, as I mentioned, uh, this is the end of Spooktober, but next month in November, uh, Jason is going to be returning. We're going to be talking top five favorite Steve Martin films, uh, which is going to be fun. Uh, Greg is going to be returning. We're going to be diving into Mel Brooks movies, which I'm really excited oh, for. Nice. Um, uh, we're going to do the Matrix episode with the new Matrix hitting in December. And then in December, we're going to do Christmas, like one or two Christmas themed episodes as well. And then January, as I mentioned, is James Bond month, which is going to be a lot of fun. So a lot of cool stuff planned. And I can't believe I'm already 19 episodes into this podcast. It feels like it, I just launched it not too long ago. This and podcast is so much fun listening and being on it. The feedback has been great and I absolutely love it and I adore it. And it, it's just so much fun because and a lot of your topics, you know, like the horror one. And even when we did end of the world and some other ones, like you could change it up each time. Oh, I could revisit any of these topics again with a different person and get a completely different result. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why the podcast is formatted this way. I mean, I have enough topics that I could do a different one every week for the next two years and not repeat one. But if I did repeat one, it would be a different result, which is good. That's the yeah. way it should be. Uh, but Jamie, thanks for joining me again. Thanks I'm sure for having me. I'm sure it won't be the last time. We'll come up with some different stuff to do. Okay. Actually, I think I think I might have had you on the list for Mel Brooks. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, mm, I'm giving it to Greg. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe it's so. I mean, I'm the one who's met him, but whatever. I'm ending it right now. <laughs> I'm ending it right now. I'm so I'm, jealous of that. In a CBS have, in Southampton. <laughs> we're going to talk about that after we stop. <laughs> so. uh, but to all the listeners out there, again, thank you for the great feedback. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of Wilhelm. Take care. Bye.